Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. How we doing, Suns fans? And welcome to the Suns Jam Session Podcast. My name is John, and I'm the co-host of the Suns Jam Session Podcast, and I'm joined, at all, as always, by my uh, my J to the Jam, that's Mr. Matthew. How are you doing, my friend? Johnny, how are you doing? Doing good, man. It's been a it's been a work week. You know, we're recording this on Wednesday, and I feel like it's already should be Friday. You know, working a lot of hours, which I'm not complaining about. Love working again. Yeah, but you just gotta get back into the groove, right? Because it's been a while. So don't worry, you'll get back into it. Yeah, it's been a week and a half, and yeah, uh, you know, I'm just I'm tired at the end of every day. I'm like, hold on, I haven't been yeah. sitting around. <laughs> You know, just playing Call of Duty all day. This is really taxing physically for me. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. It, it'll take a while. I'll give you like a month or so maybe <laughs> to actually well, get used to it. Yeah, being out in that heat doesn't help. But uh, we're going to talk about some different questions that our uh, listeners, the Jamsters, have sent our way. This is our June 10th mailbag podcast. So we typically will go on Reddit, we'll go on Facebook and Twitter, and we'll just say, hey, we're recording a podcast here in a couple days. If you've got any questions that you want answered, feel free to ask us those questions, uh, Suns related or otherwise. And that's the key. I'd like to see some questions that have nothing to do with the Suns. It could be NBA questions. It could be, you know, what's the best way to shampoo your beard? I don't know. But I, I just want to see a little, see a little variety because I feel like we're getting a lot of the same questions over and over again. Like if I got to talk about the NBA draft – one more time. One more time. <laughs> and we will talk about that today. But, yeah. uh, you know, make sure, you know, Jamsters, if you're interested, respond to those tweets or Reddit posts. Uh, or you can always email the show, session at gmail.com. And as always, remember to follow the podcast on Twitter, at SunsJam, on Instagram, at SunsJam, via the Brightside Podcast Network. I'm at Darth Voida, your... I'm Matthew Lissy. And this is the Sun's Jam Session Podcast. I'll tell you what, I need a beer today, so I'm cracking open this ice-cold beer. Oh, I wish I had some. Yeah, buddy. And we're going to talk about some mailbag things. Sound good? Sounds good. Right, so before we get into the the mailbag questions, and again, thank you, Jamster listeners, for providing those to us. I just want to kind of throw a public service announcement out there. Is that all right, Matthew? Yeah, let's do it, dude. Go, <laughs> go ahead. Man, you don't sound too enthusiastic you, you've about this. It. No, that's just my voice. I'm not very enthusiastic <laughs> about a lot, but let's do this. So being back at work, you know, one of my responsibilities is I'm a recreation director. I manage pools. Okay, so obviously at a nice resort in Scottsdale, we have guests who are coming in and 
you know, they want to have that poolside experience that they're used to. And unfortunately, we can't deliver that in its entirety right now because of social distancing, right? Like I've got mm-hmm. 50% of the chairs available on the pool deck and it's just not as easy to, you just can't cram everybody in there. You know, we have to kind of break up the day and say, hey, you can, you can come out in the pool in the morning, you can come out at night, but everyone's going to have an opportunity to hang out at the pool. I know everybody's got different politics. I know everybody's got different views on the COVID-19 crisis. I know everybody's just got a different perspective on anything, on, on everything. And that's great. Yeah. That's fantastic. I'm not looking to ever tell anybody how they should think, how they should feel. But what I do ask is that we just be kind to each other. I mean, at the end of the day, let's just do unto others, right? I mean, I think I talked about this, that on the podcast eh, a couple of weeks ago, you know, as people are being allowed to go out and explore the great state of Arizona now that Governor Doug Ducey said we can, you know, if you don't agree with that, that's fine. You know, you can stick to your guns on that. But at the same time, don't shame the people who, who are going out yeah. there. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah he, he who is without sin cast the first stone and all that stuff. I'm just saying, be kind, people. Because I, I see it kind of consistently in the environment that I'm at where people are upset because they're not getting their normal experience. Like I literally had somebody the other day cuss me out on the pool deck about it. You know, I've been coming Jeez. here for 10 years. This is the weirdest it's ever been. This oh is, you know, God. this is bullshit. I'm not coming back next year. You know, and I have to inform this individual like, hey, listen, like I'm standing six feet away from you and I have a mask on. There's nothing about what's occurring right now that's normal. My ask is you understand that we're trying to provide you a poolside experience. And, you know, if you don't like that and that's your reason for not coming back next year, good, peace. You know, right after that happened, I had to go to the Apple store because we need an iPad for my operation. We're doing poolside reservations, Wi-Fi, iPad, whatever. And I went to the Apple store and they're like, hey, unfortunately, we don't have any slots available uh, to sell you anything right now. And, you know, in my head, I'm thinking, man, all I need is like, I, I just need an iPad. Here's my credit card. Just, just give me the iPad, but that's their policy. Yeah. So respectfully, I'm like, okay, you know, thank you for the information and I appreciate your time. And I turned around and walked away, you know, and I know 90% of us are like that and I appreciate that, but don't be a Karen. I guess that's my, uh, mm-hmm. you know, my, my end game on, on this little PSA is just don't be a Karen out there, man. Understand that I'm not the one who's coming up with the policies. I'm the one who has to execute the policies. Allow me the opportunity to execute those policies for you and, and give you a nice time wherever you're at. If you're going to the store, be six feet away from somebody. If that's the policy, then do it. You know, I mean, it's that simple. Again, do unto others, man. I think that we need to, in these weird times, it all comes down to that. At the end of the day, it all comes down to that. You know, when it comes to Black Lives Matter and everything that's going on on that front in society right now, do unto others, man. You know, just be kind to people. The golden rule trumps all, in my opinion. So my PSA is done for right now. And uh, now we can get into some of the mailbag questions. <laughs> Thank you for listening to my micro rant. I just got, you know, cussed out and I'm, you know, I'm feeling a little emotional, you know, and I got a podcast. So I want to talk about it. What do you, what do you, what do you want? Yeah, from? but it's insane how people don't realize it is a weird time. And I hear that all the time is it's a weird time to be living in today's world, mm-hmm. you know, but it actually is really, really strange right now. It is. Like the last 10 years, any other day, I'm like, yeah, it's the way it is. I don't know. I hate when people say that, but I mean, the world's always been a weird place to live in i think but now it's even stranger and for someone like to cuss you out even though you have to follow rules like i don't know what you're supposed to do with those people they should just not be let out of their house i don't think they should have any opportunity to do anything for the rest of the day and be grounded in some way right and, and what i'm telling people out there if you're listening if you do go on vacation this summer 
have respect for the people who are trying to provide you that vacation. Cause again, like I you almost feel to. like people show up to the hotel and they're like, Oh, you know, I I'm vacationing from the whole COVID experience. Everything over here will be yeah. normal. It's like, no man, like we have to make sure that you're safe. I have to make sure I'm safe. I have to make sure my team's safe. So we're going to take those yeah. precautions necessary to do that. Don't cuss me out for it. Just settle down, Karen. Yeah. And plus, uh, I don't know, you keep hearing newer things about the virus. So a lot of the rules don't really make sense anymore. Um, but I mean, whatever people want to do, whatever they're comfortable with and whatever they can do and get away with, like I used to play golf all the time mm-hmm. to pass my time, um, just let them do it. But then also, if you have to enforce the rules, just let them let you be you and what you have to do to manage. So just disappointing yeah. way, way to start the pod. Dude. Sorry, man. Well, <laughs> well, I wish, I wish your wife would talk to you more about this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to hear it. Yeah. She hears it every night. She's like, are you grumpy tonight? I'm like, yes, yes, I am. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a while to get back in, especially when you have to deal with people like that. Yeah. It's unfortunate. So yeah, it really well, let's, is. let's get into the mailbag. I think you have yeah. kind of the first topic we're going to discuss. So why don't you break, break, break it down? All right. So Woj actually sent out a tweet. It was today. I think it was earlier in the day, but he's just, he's talking about some of the players might not want to go to Orlando to play because okay. not really giving any, any reasoning, but what I'm thinking from what, from what I can see is the only thing that might be wrong with what they're doing is if people, if players do leave the bubble, they have to be quarantined for five to seven days. So I'm assuming these players don't want to be locked up that long inside the bubble for mm-hmm. three months. So for them to actually enjoy themselves while they're there, they would want to go out. They would want to go to the strip clubs, whatever's available. Um, just just you know, James, James Harden. James Harden doesn't want to go because of that. I'm just joking. <laughs> but, uh, but I just uh, – it's strange now to hear, even though everyone voted uh, besides the Blazers, on this ruling, all the players seem like they agree. The leaders of, the, of the, all the players did. Um, so the skepticism from – I don't know if it's the majority or just even like half the players – it it's kind of weird now because I didn't even think about it that way. But I know um, Adam Silver did say that he would not punish anybody if they decided to stay home and not come to um, finish out the season, finish the eight games, and go into the playoffs. So what what do you think we could be seeing now because of these players wanting to stay home? Um, do you think we'll see fully rostered teams even with the injuries? You know, all the players there. Or else, do you think there's going to be some players that aren't going to be there? I think there'll be some players who don't want to be there because if you were to ask a hundred people right now, are you afraid to go back to work with COVID? You're going to get a chunk of those people who are going to say, yes, you're going to get yeah. some, you know, uh, the majority I feel are, are ready and willing to go back to work, but you still have some people who are generally scared for their safety. And the other side of that, to your point is, that they can't go out and they can't experience Orlando and they're essentially on lockdown. I mean, if they show up at the beginning of July, which is the game plan and they make it to the NBA finals, I mean, that's July, that's August, that's September, that's October. That's four months of essentially being locked down in a bubble. Now, granted, we don't know how this is going to progress and maybe two months into it, they kind of get the clearance. That's like, Hey, everything's going to be okay. And who knows, maybe even by the playoffs, uh, they have an opportunity because I think the playoffs are April or I'm sorry, August 15th. That's when it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, even by then, you know, I mean, that's two months from now, three months, two months, two months from now, even by yeah. then, maybe they could say, Hey, you know, we can have fans. We don't know yet. So there's a lot of unknown that's out there. And if they are going to choose to not play, you got to respect that decision. It's just gonna, it's tough. Okay. 
It's the same thing with me trying to bring associates back to work. Some of them are ready and willing to go back to work. Others of them are generally afraid not to. And, and the thing that I'm really trying to balance is to ensure that the people who are afraid don't feel like they're less a part of the team. You know what I mean? So like, let's say, for example, it comes to the Suns and, you know, Kelly Oubre is not comfortable coming back. You know, you don't want to slander him for his view on that. You don't want to be like, oh, pussy, fucking come back, man. You know, it's a yeah. bubble. You're going to be safe. You're going to be like, hey, I respect that decision, man. It sucks. We'd really like to have you back. But you know what? You do you right now. And yeah. you just have to approach it that way. Because I think you will see some Swiss cheese rosters with missing holes and pieces of players who are just not, aren't ready to come back. Yeah. And like you said, I don't think the fan bases should be too upset about it. Um, so uh, like you said, there's still a while till we start this. So mm -hmm. we'll see what happens with that. Um, it's just something I didn't really think of until Woj brought it out. Yeah. And it's again, interesting times. And I think that's kind of an interesting transition, you know, do unto others. We got to do the same thing when these things happen. You know, if the, those players don't want to play, don't slander them. Don't give them shit. Respect their decision, man. They're grown men. They can, you know, figure out this world on their own. So let them do so. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into some other mailbag questions. So uh, let's look at a couple Reddit responses. So we post, okay. I posted this on Reddit and from long pips 1000 that's the username he gave me four different questions and i'll start with uh, one of them just kind of touch on it uh and then we can delve into a couple other ones um just because i feel like we've answered them many times on the pod but yeah. long pips 1000 if you is it, if this is your first time listening thank you for the question we appreciate it uh his first question was how can the suns turn the corner next season and get in the playoffs i feel the suspension and lack of health were killers this year as well as a weak bench rotation I think we need a solid backup point guard. We need to figure out how to close out games and maintain a lead. I think he nailed everything that was our issue this year, right? Yeah, that's, that's, that's it. That's the if answer. He, if you hit on all of those, we might be present for the playoffs next year. If, so that was, that was our only issue this year, really. I mean, sometimes, I mean, Booker went through a stretch where he wasn't playing well, then dropped like three points on 2K. But right. over, overall, it's just those are exactly the points that that's what happened. Yeah, I completely agree. So long pips, 1,000, you nailed it. I mean, those are the things that held us back this year. The suspension, the lack of health, uh, the weak bench rotation, all these and, – and not being clutch at the end of the game. All these yeah. things, if those are improved, if those are the corners that we turn in this offseason heading into the next season, the Suns will easily be a playoff team in my opinion. They, yes. have, the, they have the talent. And now they're going to gain with these eight games that they're going to have in Orlando, they're going to gain some more experience. And with those things will come results. Uh, the – he had three other questions, but I just want to hit the, the last one. And yeah, that, it's a good one. And is what do you hope to see during the next eight games? Any specific goals? What do you got, Matthew? So I got five things, actually. All right, perfect. Yeah, so this season I feel like we actually saw some fight in the team that we haven't seen in 10 years where it's just consistent. Even if, even if players aren't making shots or hitting shots, I think it was a continual fight throughout the game. Uh, that's one thing I want to see continued. Uh, within mm -hmm. these eight games, just because you don't know how it's going to go, and they might—they're probably not going to win more than half the games. But if they're actually fighting with these teams, that's the experience they need. Just like he brought up the clutch factor—we we weren't clutch, and we miss a lot of shots to win the game or even tie the game. Uh, but those are things that I feel like we can conquer in these eight games. If we get a couple of those within the eight games, you know, kind of like a clutch win or uh, a big shot, hopefully from Booker. That's what I'm looking for. Yep. Uh, just really quick, though, I'll just go. The Rubio and Booker backcourt, I wanted to see them continue 
their continued success moving the ball, being one of the best assist ratio team uh, backcourt in the NBA. Uh, I want to see that continued. I'm really excited to see those two the most. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bridges not falling off. Basically, I guess he was kind of questioning whether or not like this break would stunt his growth a little bit. I don't think it will. I think once he gets back on the court, he'll be solid. Uh, Ubre's worth. Is Ubre going to be worth it next year? Is he going to be worth the, the, I don't think he's going to play though. That's the thing. I don't think he's going to play, but if he does come back, is he going to be the worth where we we saw him kind of be like seared as a starter in the lineup. Mm -hmm. And then the only thing, the biggest thing really is, uh, I don't want to have to say, like, I don't have to, I don't want to have to yell at Aiton to like try to play with a little bit of anger and fight in them. So for eight games, I just want to see him, you know, play with that fight. But I don't know, maybe just he is who he is. Here we go again. I'm saying the same stuff always, but (laughs) it'd be nice. That's the biggest thing. If we play these eight games and I don't have to get upset about him not hustling or playing with any kind of fight, then that would be the best thing for me to see. Those are fantastic goals for these next eight games i couldn't agree with you more we could delve into each one of those and probably spend 15 minutes on each topic because it's so true and you know a couple of my specific goals that i have for this team in these next eight games is uh, to your point keep it close i want them to be close in these games and fighting i don't know if they're going to come out victorious they're going against top tier nba talent every team they're going to play has a better record than them so the yeah. odds are stacked against them. But if they're close, if they're not getting blown out, it's going to show that fight that they have. And maybe they can get clutch and hit a couple big shots. But what it's going to do is going to create meaningful moments in the fourth quarter because nothing's worse than seeing your bench emptied with eight minutes left in the fourth. And you're like, oh, okay, well, this is you know, great. We're back, you know, typical size. Yeah. Uh, one other thing that I'd really like to see besides the Aiton point, because I was going to say something about Aiton, but you nailed that. I want to see his fire. I want to see his competitiveness. Uh, but I just want to see a little bit more leadership out of Booker. Just because he's the highest played play, player on the team doesn't mean he yeah. is the leader of the team, you know? And he's somebody who wants to be the leader of the team. He wants to take the flag of this franchise and market, march it forward into history. And in order to do so, he needs to become a leader. And you need to see that on the court. And you need to see it the way he vocalizes with his team. It's always been yes. a challenge. It's always something I've personally been critical of. And I feel like in this environment where there's no fans around and it's just him and his team and he doesn't have those external things, you know, doesn't have me yelling at him, I think that he has an opportunity to really showcase his leadership. I mean, because you, you, you saw it when he played against DeAndre Ayton on the 2K series. Mm-hmm. He, you know, that's like his little brother. And the, that's how he kind of holds himself to these guys. It's like, okay, well, if you're the big yeah. brother, you got to lead like a big brother does. Yeah, they, their communication with each other was definitely very really different. I don't want to read too much into it, but just when they actually were online, I don't know if they were talking before or not, but just their communication with each other online was kind of weird. I'm not going to lie. It just seemed like, you know, they have their two, two different lives. They don't talk to each other unless they're on the court. It kind of reminded me like a Rodman, uh, Michael Jordan kind of thing. That's what it reminded me of. I'm yeah. just probably reading too much into it, but you're right. Be more of a leader. Yeah, you could tell they weren't like boys who hung out all the time. Because yeah. I think Aiden hangs out more with Bridges. And Booker, you know, he's hanging out with the Jenners. Yeah. <laughs> Consistently. <laughs> all right, our next question. Do you want to read the one from uh, Krusty Goat via yeah, Reddit? Krusty Goat. I love seeing these new names. That's good. I know. It's fantastic. Uh, will Dario be coming off the bench for these next eight games? What do you think? I hope so, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, the Bobra lineup is the lineup. We don't need to throw an S in there 
and, uh, you know, make it a Sobra lineup. Yeah. So I think that that's his place on this team and that's his role. And it's something that hopefully he's accepted and hopefully he excels in. So that's my thought. Well, Monte did mention, um, I'm not sure. I saw some quote. I don't know when this was, but I believe it was last week. That's, that's how good my journalism gets. <laughs> that um, He does like the Bover lineup, and he does see the consistency and how well they play together, and he'd be smart to do it. Just hit that Bover lineup, get that great bench going, like with the guys that are healthy coming off the bench, and you'll be set. But I'd, honestly, I'd, I'd see him starting like with the first one or two games before he changes it over. But – I hope not. I hope it just straight Bobra. I'm 110% with you. So thank you, Krusty Goat, for yeah, that, thank you. Uh, that question. All right, our next question comes via Facebook, and this is from Bryn Turner. And I'll do my best to kind of decipher this because there's definitely some typos in here. All right, you ready for this? Yeah. Why don't we move DeAndre Ayton to a power forward and have Aaron Baines at starting center, having Rubio, Booker, Ubre, Ayton, and Baines as our starting five. Wouldn't that make more sense? Because DeAndre is a seven foot one basketball player, but he's not big enough and he's not he's not to be a center. He's not bulky and off or anything. Okay, I get well, I'm not gonna finish that. Uh yeah. you get you get the point, right? Yeah. What Franks do you and, think of that? Uh, <laughs> Franks and, Franks Franks and and <laughs> um yeah, so DeAndre, for me, he is the center of the Suns unit, and I want him as the center because I think he'll be a great passer. Um, how they tried the forward thing, and with Aaron Beans, it just <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't and, say Aaron Beans; it says Aaron Beans. Yeah, the, Aaron Aaron Beans. I'm pretty sure he question. did this by voice. Yeah, this yeah, is like it, me when I used to take notes for the Suns games, yeah. and it would just look exactly like that. Yeah. You, Bryn Turner, we appreciate the question. You could tell it's a talk yeah. to text kind of thing because <laughs> uh, Aaron Beans. Yeah. So that, that did not last long. Um, Aiden is a center, even though he says he wants to play power forward, but he hasn't been playing basketball that long. I think Monte knows what to do with him now. So, and you know, they said in this question, he's not bulky enough. I think he is, man. I mean, oh, he's perfect size. Yeah. He's a perfect center. He's a perfect modern center. Yes. You play him at the four, he's going to get beat at the four defensively. Because that's more of him being further away from the basket, trying to cover the modern fours that other teams have. And if they're faster off the dribble, he's done, man. I mean, he might be able to get a block from behind, but he's yeah. not going to be able to be effective consistently. And you need him down there grabbing your boards and blocking shots, not out on the perimeter. Exactly. And uh, I think Patrick Beverly, when they were playing the 2K tournament, he mentioned, um, he's like, he told Aiden, he's like, you do not need to lift or get bigger. He's like, yeah. you're already, you're already freaking huge, man. <laughs> and I thought the same thing with Amari Stoudemire when I was younger. I was like, Amari needs to bulk up and get big. He can be huge. But no, like, it'll take away from his game. So the smart thing is just to stay the same size you are right now. Yeah, and the key to both of those guys is their shoulders. They both yeah. have wide shoulders and yes, wide frames. Do. So I think that that benefits them as basketball players versus bulking up because, I mean – what, what's DeAndre Ayton's fat percentage right now? Like 4%? That dude yeah, is fit as a fiddle, man. man. Yeah, he really is. All right, so <laughs> our next question. Uh, I actually saw this from Evan Sidery. Uh, he does the Locked On Suns podcast. That's on the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network. And he said, what grade would you give James Jones? You look at James Jones's trade history. He traded Trevor Ariza for Kelly Oubre. He traded Ryan, Ryan Anderson for Tyler Johnson. Traded Jarrett Culver for Dario Sarch and Cam Johnson. TJ Warren for cash, which created cap space for Rubio. And the 2020 Bucks first for Aaron Baines and Ty Jerome. 
So given that that's his trade history so far yeah. as a general manager of the Phoenix Suns, what grade do you give him so far? For trading, I, I definitely give that a B plus. I like how everything turned out um, because mostly the thing that was missed and will always drive me crazy is when they gave away TJ Warren for money, but that uh -huh. money helped get Ricky Rubio exactly. and Ricky Rubio is one of the biggest additions we've had in forever. Um, just having that alone, like that's an A. Um, the Ty Jerome thing is good. I mean, I'm sorry. The, uh, <laughs> what the Tyler Johnson, Tyler Johnson thing. Well, that it makes Anderson more sense because he's a good, shit. It was, and plus you got another shitty contract, but you got more of a locker room guy, it seemed like, someone that everyone liked, you know? He wasn't a veteran. Uh, he's just someone that had a chance to, like, really deal off the bench, but didn't happen, but he was still good in the locker room, you can tell. Yeah, you look at what James Jones started with, and you go down Trevor Reza, Ryan Anderson, Jarrett Culver as a first-round pick, TJ Warren in the 2020 Bucks first. So you take that on one side, and then you look at what that turned into. Kelly Oubre, Tyler Johnson, Saric and Cam, Cash yeah. from Rubio, Baines, and Jerome. I mean, you can't give it an A because we haven't made the playoffs with it, but I think a B-plus is pretty darn good. From a trade standpoint, James Jones has done a fantastic job turning over a lot of shitty contracts and shitty players and getting some production out of them. Trevor Reza, non-productive. Ryan Anderson, what'd that guy do, Blake? Play three games? You know, TJ Warren was good, but didn't fit within the confines of this offense. That 2020 bucks first really wasn't valued anymore because that team got so damn yeah. good. You know, uh, Jared Culver, we obviously didn't see play. And a lot of people weren't a fan of that because Jared Culver coming out of Texas tech was somebody that was uh, coveted by a lot of different players, but he's not somebody who is really, you know, I, I like Cam Johnson, but I like Jared Culver. Yeah. Have you seen those videos of Cam Johnson working There's, out? Yeah. No, Cam, Cam's going to be solid. He, yeah, I, I saw the videos. Those the only are thing awesome. With the, yeah, the workout ones, I don't get too excited about those for some reason. I just like seeing Because doing him. things I don't see in the game. Always. Very true, very true. So, I, was, I was talking to somebody via – it was Twitter or Facebook the other day. They were talking about how great of a three-point shooter Devin Booker is, and they're talking about the three-point contest. And, you yeah. know, when, when he made like 48 threes in a row, I'm like, yeah, he's great when nobody's guarding him. You know, he's, know. he's 96th in the league in three-point shooting on the 56th most attempts right now as of this year. You know, yeah. he's, he's a good three-point shooter. He's not an elite one. He's a great mid-range shooter. Oh. You know, that's his, his money. He's an old-school basketball player. He, on the elbow, creating shots yeah. off the dribble. That's where he excels. But for some reason, if there's a three-pointer, he just – it's not as consistent as we would like it to be. We'd like it to be up. We'd like to be a 40. top 20, you know? Yeah, I want to see at least 40%. Yeah, 40, that'd be 41. ideal. That'd be perfect. So you want to read the next question? Yeah. So the next question is uh, Abraham Vincent Corella. Do you think Booker will have more of an impact on the Suns franchise than Nash by the end of his career? Whew, I'll let you answer that one. Um, that's tough, dude, because Nash did so much for I us. I know, man. It's crazy how far Booker has to go to even, like, get close to what Nash did. Um, because that's going to be at least six more seasons of him being here. But yeah, he has to hit the, Nash he has did, to start what, hitting 10, the playoffs right? next year. Uh, I don't know. I Yeah, either nine or ten, right? Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, when he came back, I mean, dude, he did, like, right off the bat, he was making the playoffs every year. Like, yep. I, everyone, everyone knows yeah so i i honestly said i said booker would be the best son when he retires of all time but now that like that question's brought up it's like oh my god he has to do a lot to get there well here's the key to this question and it's more of an impact on the son's franchise 
I think to your point, you've said this time and time again, that you do think that Booker is going to be the best son. It's yeah. more from a statistical standpoint. If Booker decides to stay in Phoenix and wants to ride out the majority of his career here, he's going to be number one in points. He's going to be number one in field goals made. He's going to hold all of these different marks that are held by like Walter Davis. It's a longevity thing. But when you talk about impact, the way that Steve Nash impacted this franchise by coming here in 2004 from Dallas and instantly taking that team to 62 wins, instantly winning an MVP, instantly getting us to the Western Conference Final, that's impact. Booker's having more of a slow rise to it. And part of what's so appealing about Booker and one of the reasons we want him to stay is we're going through the struggle and the strife that he is alongside him. He's fighting to try to be relevant. He's fighting to try to get to the top. And we're watching that journey. Whereas Nash came in and did it in a season, Booker's trying to do it going into his sixth year. So in the long run, again, he might statistically become the best son. But from an impact standpoint, unless he goes out and either wins an NBA Finals or wins a couple MVPs, impact-wise, you got to give it to Nash. I don't care what Booker does. Yeah. No, it's all about winning. It is. That's all it's about. At the end of the day, it's all about the dubs. It's all about cursing someone out and getting the W. <laughs> and then hanging out with the Jenners. Um, <laughs> all right, I know we get this shit all the time, but we'll, we'll hit yeah. it again. This is from uh, Facebook. This is from Musashi Mayoshi. Uh, what, would you, what do you think the Suns are targeting in the 2020 draft, and who is the best fit? Now, I think that's two very different questions, but, I mean, mm-hmm. we've talked about it a lot. We've gone through it on the podcast. So, uh, Musashi Mayoshi – you can refer back to previous podcasts, but you know what? We'll answer it again for everybody out there. What do you think, Matthew? I'm going to say Obi Toppin, of course, best fit. Who I'm targeting, yep. who the yep. Suns should be targeting, if they have a chance, is LaMelo Ball. Just because I, I, I'm going to say he's going to be a superstar. And if they can throw him in that lineup, because you know Kelly Obi might not be back here in two years, I think he would fit well with Booker and Rubio in the back. Not the backcourt, but you can have three of them playing together where he can play the three. Uh, that's what I want to see. Like, I just have this thing where I can just feel that being great for the Suns, but I just think the best fit, though, overall would probably be Obi Toppin, but I want LaMelo Ball or nothing. I, I agree with the Obi Toppin. I think that the best <laughs> fit for this team is Obi yeah. Toppin. We need a power forward, and not necessarily someone to start a power forward. Mikel Bridges has showcased that he can do the dirty work at that position and be effective doing it, and I'd like to see yeah. some more of that. But it'd be nice to have some guy who can come off the bench uh, other than Dario Saric and have an impact. So I think Obi Toppin, if he's sitting there, you know, as a, again, as of right now, the Suns have the 10th pick. I highly doubt that Obi will be sitting there for us. Uh, who are the Suns targeting? I think they're targeting everybody at this point. You know, I think if you key in on some guys, I know Killian Hayes is someone they have an interest in, Tyrese Halliburton, some of those backup point guards that I know a lot of Suns fans are clamoring for, and perhaps, you know, somebody who can play the backup uh, too. So, you know, those are kind of what they're looking at. And again, I think they should trade the pick no matter fucking what. Unless they have a top three pick and we, can get, we have a shot at LaMelo for you. So you can go buy another <laughs> jersey. Uh, of a, of a first round pick and just, you know, cross your fingers. Although, you know, we, you get LaMelo versus Josh Jackson. I think LaMelo has better upside oh, than Josh yeah, Jackson man. ever had, but I, I think that's kind of where they're targeting and, and that's the best fit. Yeah. 
<laughs> that's the last time we answered that for a little bit for until right? next week <laughs> until next week all right so here's one that actually just came in via email this is from straw and he says okay. how should the suns address their backup point guard problem this off season <laughs> it's always the point guards man how, yeah how bad is our ba- our backup point guard problem though i don't think uh, it, it's not right? as bad as it used to be well exactly i mean rank it by position Okay. Center backup center problem. I think we'll have a bigger backup center problem next year because we don't have a backup center. If Aaron Baines is gone, right? Yeah, correct. Back, backup power four. It's fine. Cause we have Dario Sarge backup three is fine. Cause we have a million wings, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, backup exactly. two, I think is our biggest problem. A backup to Devin. Oh Booker. yeah, for sure. So how will the Suns address their backup point guard problem this off season? They should go get a shooting guard, man. They, you can get potentially a combo guard, but you need somebody yeah. with more size because you have Javon Carter, you have Elliot Kobo, but you have guys there who are young. I mean, both of those guys are what in their second year, going into their third next year. Yeah. So and I plus, mean, yeah, I mean, and plus they were these were our starting point guards for the last six years was Javon Carter and Elliot Kobo, so they can be our backups for a little bit. That's fine. Yeah, we need to get Booker some backup and some firepower at backup. Yes. You know, not some guy who comes in and is like a good defensive two. No, you have Javon Carter. He can come in and play defense backup. You can have, you know, I mean, have somebody who can come in and, and score some points. Canard, right? Yeah, Luke Canard yeah, is def- a definite guy. possibility if the money's right and he's okay with being, you know, a, a backup. Yeah. No, no, you're totally right, man. All right, you want another question that just came in via Gmail? Yeah, hit it up. How do you guys like this trade I came up with? And this is from Anju Arun. Suns trade Cam, Ty Jerome, and the 2020 first-round pick for Laurie Markkinen. Oh, yeah. You like that? Instantly, yeah. You like that? I like that. Um it's crazy how Laurie became just so sexy all of a sudden. I feel like I've never really even seen him play as much. I know I'm a big fan of his, but I hear his name on the podcast, not our podcast, but other basketball podcasts more than anybody, I feel like. Now. It's because he's unhappy. Yeah, so, yeah, definitely I would do that. That's our starting four right there. But you're giving up – I mean, yeah, the 2020 first-round pick and Ty Jerome. Ty Jerome, of all of those assets, is the least uh, valuable. Yeah, Cam Johnson. Cam but again, now what do you do with Kelly Oubre or Mikael Bridges at the four? You relegate them to a bench role to, to you know, take up Cam space. Well, you keep Oubre at the three. Okay, so right? Lar- so Laurie goes to the four, and now yeah. Bridges is coming off the bench. Yeah, but you honestly, you get that talent in the starting position. That's that's bigger than what you got on the bench. I think if you can get someone like Laurie to actually start at the four. That's bigger than I feel like anything you can pull off. Maybe besides like a Luke Kennard or something that come in off the bench. That's what I. That's how I think of it. Because you're giving up Cam, but like, yeah, he's still young, but he's nothing. Like he's not even close to what Laurie is. Uh, so I just would assume that's a better trade, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm not opposed to it. I'm just kind of sh- trying to shoot holes in it. Okay. I think I think I would like that. It would suck to give up Cam. I, th- I think the 2020 first round pick is the hardest thing to give up. Oh wait, really? well, no, that's this year's pick. Absolutely. I'm thinking <laughs> I don't know what fucking year it is. I, I was, was like, thinking next year's pick. Yeah. No, yeah. So you're giving up Cam, Ty Jerome, and the number 10 pick. So you're giving up two guys you drafted last year and yeah. this year's pick for Laurie Marketing. Done. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it, do it do now. It. Do it now. <laughs> All right. All right. You want to take the next question? Yeah. Shield pad hop eight. Hey, shield pad hop eight. 
What's up, dude? Whatever you are, how are you? Um, what would have happened if Kobe was traded to the Suns for Marion and Kidd back in 2001? The Suns would have won Question more games. Mark. Suns would have won more games. <laughs> well, they won a championship. I don't know. They wouldn't have had Nash, I don't think. No. It would have been strange as hell. It would have been strange as hell. Because right? Marion back in 2001 had been in the league for like two years. He's excelling. Yeah. Kidd is about to become peak kid because he leaves – phoenix and goes on and you know he goes to the nba finals it's just i i just wish we almost kept kid you know for another season just to see what that would have done but adding kobe i mean you don't know what you're going to get but i i think that in 2001 the team wasn't fantastic we were on the precipice of getting rid of kid yeah. and getting marbury um who knows i mean the suns might might not have performed as well and that would have uh set up still getting the amari pick at number i think it was eight yeah, they would have still got Amari because Amari was 2001, right? He was a yeah. 2001 draft. Yeah, so they it would have been Amari with Kobe. That would have been that would have been interesting, man. But that's that a would good have been duo fun. right there. That would have been fun but you can't, to watch. Dude, that you would have never had that Steve Nash and Amari uh, Sotomayor pick and roll, which is like the most beautiful thing ever. Yeah, it never who, can be repeated. But but yeah, it seriously was. I mean, I don't know with, how with, how with can a, you not do that? But with Amari Stoudemire's hands, I mean, he was just it's yeah. something that Aiton is. On, on a scale of one to Amari, Aiton's like an eight. And it's like yeah. if he just gets those hands better. And one being like Alex Len. So on a scale yeah. of Alex Len to, to Amari Stoudemire, you know, Aiton's like an eight with his hands catching on the pick and roll with Rubio. And I think that Steve Nash being there obviously changed the entire game. So it would be interesting to see who that point guard would be with Kobe. Mm-hmm. And, man, that, it would just be like some random dude. That's who Kobe's point guards were. They're just, you know, Derek Fisher and then a bunch of random guys. Maybe that's so. who maybe that's uh uh who it would have been. We would have Derek Fisher. Derek Fisher, yeah. Derek Fisher, but, Kobe, and Amari. Could you imagine though if um Devin Booker and Aiden have that pick and roll though? I know you say Rubio, that's fine. I just I want because we know we have Booker for the next four or five years. So I'm just like, can you imagine if those two pull off a pick and roll like that? It'd just be awesome. I don't know. I was just thinking, I was drooling over here. <laughs> All right. So here's our last question on this mailbag. And this is a good one. This is one that you got to think yes. about a little bit. This is from TTVW via Reddit. And I do think it's funny because it has negative one points. So people were downvoting this. <laughs> uh, and that's why I want to talk about it. You know, I think it's a valuable yeah. question. And, you know, we don't live in a fantasy land. We live in, you know, as this year has proven, a crazy place. And his question is, if Book demands a trade, what would you want in return? And that's a definitely – that's a good question because it could come to that point someday. Yeah, I thought about this for a long time. I still can't come up with – I feel like I had somebody I wanted. I could not remember who it was. Like, you go first. Who did you pick? So it's tough because you could go a couple different routes. You can say, okay, uh, we need picks. We can yeah. let, give us a medium, uh, medium talented player, like, I don't know, like Andrew Wiggins, and, you know, your first round pick for your next three first round picks or something like that. So you could go that route. Um, one guy I think could be kind of interesting if you were just to do a player for player trade, and it could, it could work, is uh, CJ McCollum. So he makes, I think, 27.6 a year. Booker's at about 25-something a year. So if you're just trading shooting guard for shooting guard, you know, if you could get C.J. McCollum, hell, if you could trade and get Damian Lillard, that would be fantastic. 
What do you think of that? Yeah, you know, I wouldn't because when they play each other, man, CJ is just he's good. I feel like he's he scares me. He's a notch above Booker uh, for sure right now. I think he scares me. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's the thing that Booker hasn't really had is like, you know, he doesn't scare people. But CJ and even Damian Lillard have that. Yeah. Um, dude, I don't know who because it's just. What's up? Go ahead. Would you, would you give up D book and like next year's first round pick for Dame? Oh no, I I I, I don't know if I would want Dame and Lillard. Dude. Really? Yeah, just because he's older now and you don't know how much good years he has left. I I I think right. True, and as a small point guard who plays as physical as he does, those guys fall off really quick, man. You yeah, know, you're, you're it, trying to build something. We need someone in the same age range. Yeah. No, 20, 25 and below, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, because you look at uh, – like Russell Westbrook, he's going to be a guy who all of a sudden one year, he's yeah. just going to – you're going to be like, whoa, what the fuck happened to Russell Westbrook? It's like, well, he's, pay, he's taken 10 years of, you know, violently driving down the lane and getting crushed by the yeah. opposition. So, You know who I would take, though? Who? If we had this team, same team, I would take Clay Thompson. Yeah, that would for be, sure. Yeah. That would be bad. That guy, I love that. Dude. I love. Yeah, I'm with even you with the Achilles injury. I don't give a shit. He's he's one of the most badass players out there, and he's he's speaking of scary. He scares the shit out of me. So yeah, yeah. When he gets, I would definitely uh, take Clay. Now I know that he makes thirty two seven million a year, so you'd have to throw something else in there to make it happen. Yeah, uh, but the key to make to have Clay really be productive is the same thing that the Suns need to happen for Booker is you really need to have a good point guard next to him because Clay Thompson isn't a create-your-own-shot kind of guy. He's no, a come, he's not. come off the back, two back screens and hit a three, and with uh, the way that that team is set up, they can execute that. And that's, you know, again, I always have said, I'm like, if Booker could somehow get to being an offense like what Clay is, has, he could be fucking deadly, man. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't – his well, he's playing with Steph Curry, but – yeah. I mean, just he's just deadly. He's just one of the most clutchest players I've ever seen. So, I wish. Uh, so Clay's my answer. You wish what? <laughs> we could get Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, but I mean, I, to answer that question, I think that it proves the value that we have as Suns fans on Devin Booker. Because if you go the other way, I mean, you've seen the stupid trades. The Knicks give up Julius Randle and a first round pick for. Devin Booker. It works. Yeah. The math works. It's like, yeah, we would never do that. Just like I'm sure Golden State would never give up Clay, you know, for Devin Booker. But that's how much value he is to the franchise and how much we value him as a player is it would take a lot for us to give, you know. Here, here's the other side of that question, though. Yeah. If he demands a trade, we're fucked. Oh, instantly. Yeah. yeah. Instantly. He instantly and they better not loses trade him. value. It's just like when Markeith Morris wanted out of here and, and Bledsoe yeah. wanted out of here. You start to get penny on the dollars on those guys when they start demanding a trade. Look at Laurie Markkinen. He's one of those guys who's unhappy. And due to the fact that he's unhappy, the Suns can sit there and be like, listen, instead of saying Ty Jerome and Cam Johnson in the 2020 first-round pick, you know, the Suns could literally just go, okay, we're giving you Ty Jerome 2020 first-round pick and next year's yeah. second-round pick because he's been devalued from a franchise because they know that they're trying to get rid of that poison in that uh, in the locker room. So if Booker, if we ever get to that point, and God hopes, I hope we're not sitting here in a year and a half and having this conversation where Booker is upset and he wants to go and he sees how happy and successful Cat and D'Angelo Russell are, which I don't think will happen. But no, I don't think and, so. And he wants to go join his boys and this and that. You know, it's like we've always said, we hope Booker – 
starts to feel some success and they're like one superstar away from really kind of making that next step and they want to come here versus him going, you know what, fuck this, I'm out of Phoenix. Yeah, plus I feel like a lot of stars would want to come to Phoenix over majority of the cities that are out there. Um, but just to think, you know, you said a year and a half we're talking about this, it wouldn't be surprising. And like, it wouldn't be surprising either if in two years from now when we do make a trade, it may be start winning we're like, oh, remember when we loved Booker so much, but we never won a fucking game? Like, that's, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it could be that way too. Cause it, we're talking about a guy that hasn't won anything yet. So I don't know how, what to compare this to. We're, we're trying to keep this guy on the team that we all love. He's one of the best players in the NBA, but still hasn't won anything, but we want to keep him here. It's just, it's very strange. It is. When you really think about it that way. Yeah. It's somebody who hasn't been technically successful i mean what was that? yeah what did i see the other day there was some maybe i saved it on my phone somebody posted a picture and it showed devin booker's winning percentage as a player and oh, i didn't save it but it was like 91 wins and like 277 losses or something like that like the love that we have for a player who's won 91 games yeah. and lost 277 as a player is really kind of I don't, I wouldn't say asinine, but it's very, yeah. it's very, it's just interesting. It's interesting because we love him and we see the promise, but we're not seeing any results and we're consistently not seeing any results. Now, granted, yeah, there are 30 different factors as to why those results haven't happened. And if you talk to any player in the NBA, they said, you know, carrying a team is one of the, is the hardest thing to do. Bradley Beal was saying it, like I said, on the, all the smoke podcast the other day. And he says, not having John Wall has been tough. He can't carry, it's, you can't carry a team. So that's a big part of it, but it is plus kind of, the tanking. You got you can't forget yes, about the tanking yes. that this team tried to do the last three years, three years before this last year. So that's the way it's been in this in the when he's been with the Suns. So Very, can't blame him on the whole for the whole thing. You can't blame Booker. You just blame the whole. I think. <laughs> yeah, no, the organization as a whole. You know, and again, we hope that uh, <laughs> that get that players want to come to Phoenix and join yeah. Booker. And I'll tell you one reason why they would like to come to Phoenix. You know why that is. It's beautiful. Uh, and our pools are open right now. So, you know, with social distancing, so don't be a dick and just enjoy the beautiful weather and sit outside where, when and where you can. Sound good? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you got anything else? Uh, no, just uh, you should have a dart gun, though, with you. Some tranquilizers are going to shoot these people in the neck, you know? No. Just to have them pass out. I just I say thank you for your feedback. Have a fantastic day. And oh. I have a face mask on. They can't see. I'm sticking my tongue out at them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have nothing else but uh, just to go home and stay home and love your family. Amen to that. Take care, everybody.